You're listening to LGBT Manchester, your podcast on all things Manchester queer culture related with me, your host, Elena Adams. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking to Hal and Safa about their experiences surrounding religion and culture and what it's like to be a member of the LGBT community as, you know, a woman of colour. Hi, I'm Safa and I, my pronouns are she, her and I identify as bisexual. I'm Haleva, my pronouns are she, her and I identify as queer. We're going to be talking about um, sexuality with regards to religion so both of you have grown up in Muslim families. I was just wondering what struggles you faced personally with that in terms of your sexualities. Personally, I feel like I struggled a lot like between my religious identity and sexual identity. Like I'd always like believe thoughts of, like I'm going to go to hell. Um, and obviously I also had to like hide it from my family. Um, so it was, it was really quite difficult because, you know, if you grow up listening to like a rhetoric saying that like, homosexuality is you know a sin um and it's forbidden in your religion and like you know religion is like an integral part of your childhood then it's always going to like clash do you think that you've experienced quite a lot of internalized biphobia because of that and how do you think you've managed to sort of cope with or overcome that yeah so I think I was quite late realizing as bisexual I think because of my upbringing so I realized when I was around 15 but um, it, it was all right at the time because before then I'd already, you know, established myself as like an ally and I didn't really believe um, in thinking of like homosexuality as a sin um, before that. Um, but yeah, definitely like before I, you know, came, came into like high school and I learned more about um, the LGBT community um, outside of what I'd been taught by like family and religion, um, there was a lot of like homophobia, I think. Yeah, internalised homophobia-wise, I guess you're constantly told that this is, it's a part of your identity and that part of your identity will get you sent to hell. It's like, it's just something that's completely at odds with religion. So there's definitely, that was something to sort of overcome because I don't really, I think um, my sexuality is one of the things that has sort of pushed me away from religion. Definitely not the main thing, but it's definitely contributed it's very difficult to find people who accept the fact that you can be queer and a Muslim. So I don't know. I don't identify as a Muslim, but there's definitely that issue. Safa, do you think that there's this sort of friction that exists between religious values and sexuality, or do you think it's possible to identify as both like a Muslim and a queer person? I think it's definitely possible to identify as both because for me, I think religion is a personal kind of thing. And I don't think, you know, your personal identity, if you're, uh, and if you believe in Islam and you're still queer, I, I think that's 100% fine. And I don't think it's up for other people to tell you like that you can't be both. You can, if you want to, obviously, like, I don't know if I really believe in Islam anymore either, but I'd still identify as a Muslim, just because like culturally, like that's how I've you know, been brought up and that's, you know, what I see myself as. Um, 
So I think you can be queer Muslim and you can be queer and still believe in Islam. I don't think, like, even though, you know, you're brought up thinking they're incompatible, I don't think they have to be. And I think there are lots of things that, like, you know, like Muslim cultures, like, you know, Asian cultures kind of gloss over like, lots of sins and, and things. And they don't really, um th- like, things like domestic abuse and, like, um women's rights, think like, they, they'll, like, gloss over these things which are evidently, you know, against Islam but they'll put focus on homosexuality where actually a lot of queer Muslims are like you know strong believers because they've come through the struggle with their faith and they still have it so actually I don't think it's incompatible and actually like people who like hold on to their faith and are queer are probably one of the most like you know pious and like actual like religious people because they've been able to like you know, face all of, you know, the hate that they'll probably get for it. I think in the 21st century, religious values are sort of shifting to accommodate for that sort of diversity. Do you agree, either of you? I agree, but in particular with Islam, there's a certain, like, there's a certain clinging to the script and there's a certain pride about the fact that it's not changed at all. So I feel like with Islam in particular, it's really hard to get, like, a lot of people, it's going to, not going to be possible I don't think to get everybody to accept LGBT people because it just they will not change their views of like the scripture so I believe like in some religions like Christianity there is a lot more flexibility I feel but in Islam in particular I don't think there is a lot of flexibility obviously the young people are a lot more accepting but they but like older people or more religious people sort of see them as deviating and they don't they accept them as being misguided but not as having a valid viewpoint do you think with the younger generation then becoming the older generation with their sort of more liberal values do you think that it will change and will gradually move away from just sort of being too rooted in scripture and being more accommodating um I think you know there are like some sections of young people who aren't as accommodating and some Um, who still think that it's like completely incompatible but I do think that like gradually there will be a shift whether it's like a complete shift um is as like probably won't be like that um there will still always be some people who are homophobic but that's the case in like all religions and like all sections of people there are still people who will be homophobic um but I do think there has been a gradual change and you you can see that with like the younger generation now I agree that things will change. I don't know. My view sort of tainted a bit by growing up in such a religious household where it's like the scripture is it's just very closely adhered to. I, I, I agree that young people are a lot more accommodating. But I don't think it will ever be the case that majority of Muslims will be accepting. A lot of that is, I suppose, rooted in tradition. How much of it do you think is tradition and culture as opposed to religion? I think, like, obviously, there, there, it is in scripture that, um, you know, like, with the example of the people of, like, law, I think it was, um, that homosexuality um, isn't allowed. But it is often, like, the it's often exaggerated, I think, with the culture that people are really, really against it just because of cultural traditions, whereas it's not really as bad as people think it is because obviously things everyone sins and there's recognition of that in the muslim community that everyone sins but homosexuality is seen as like an extreme sin like more than it really is and it's looked down upon because of like the cultural taboo more um than other sins 
so and obviously that can bring along with it a lot of mental health challenges especially as we we're talking earlier about internalized homophobia but also some of the other issues that you face in terms of the conflict between religion and being a queer person how do you think this has impacted either of you personally and how have you worked towards overcoming it because you're well being brought up in a Muslim household you're just you're brought up with the idea that you absolutely cannot be queer and then the fact that your parents hold on to the idea and everyone around you holds on to the idea you sort of feel trapped because you can't see a way of like being yourself and them ever accepting that so along with just the guilt that can come alongside being queer and growing up in a Muslim household there's also the fact that there's nothing you can do to sort of make them accept who you are and do you think there's a lack of support for people in your position yeah because they're not I don't know they're not really talked about it's not really talked about very often like people brush over the idea of intersectionality and the fact that there are like queer people who are religious or from religious backgrounds but it's not an issue that people really focus on I feel like when people talk about like the LGBTQ community as a whole you don't really think in that much like you don't really think about the people of color and how that impacts them to a great extent or you're not really taught about that to a great extent I don't think so as a result I feel like there's less help available plus when you're in that position you're less able to go and access like go to safe spaces or go to like LGBTQ uh, groups and stuff because you'd have to hide that from parents too so I think it's more difficult to access uh, services that are available. So you're talking sort of about stereotypical images of what a queer person looks like. Do you think that there's a lack of representation in whether that be in media, film, books, etc.? And do you think that if there was more positive representation, that could have a, pe- a po- like a better effect on people's mental health? From a South Asian point of view, there's not tons of South Asian queer people in the media and at least not ones that are like from religious backgrounds or ever dealt with that sort of thing so there's a sort of where do we fit in yeah no I definitely think that like in queer like discourse a lot of it is you know it is white dominated and so you find a lot of people talking about um oppression of queer people in the context of like people in other countries where it's illegal um to be you know gay or something or like queer in general but um I think what that does is it denies the existence of like the oppression that exists in like countries in the west with people of color here and it just kind of imagines that places like the UK are you know very accepting of queer people and like there aren't you know queer people here don't face oppression when they very much do because they don't really like you know, speak out for the existence of people of colour here who are still who come from um, families where it's a big taboo to be queer. I think lately there's been a lot of that sort of focus on the UK just generally not being innocent. And I think that conversations opened up a lot, especially to do in terms of in terms of race and you know colonialism and black history. But do you think that it needs to be opened up more in terms of like queer history especially in terms of queer people of colour? I think in general a lot needs to be done um, in terms of like queer people in the education system because let's be real we're taught nothing absolutely nothing about queer history or 
sex education, that kind of thing. Obviously, a lot needs to be done too about the history of people of colour because there's a crap ton of, there's not in um, school education, there's a lot of brushing over colonialism and all that. But yeah, I definitely think that there should be more education on queer issues, especially because a lot of people now seem to think, well, there's, we've got like a pride parade and we've got like pride month and stuff. So like, what are the, what are these, what are these people even on about? Everything's over. And I think there needs to be a lot more like emphasis on the fact that no, just because we've got like rights in this country now, doesn't mean that people don't still struggle with homophobia or aren't accepted because of their sexuality. That there is like a kind of a hypocritical kind of standpoint from the West, I think that the West is very liberal and progressive in comparison to other cultures and countries. And um, obviously to an extent, like, you know, you'll find more people in the, in the West who are more accepting of LGBT than um, people of color are. But if you look at colonial history, it's actually often been the West imposing, you know, their the ideal of um, uh, heterosexual uh, marriage relationships and actually there are lots of traditions of you know um, queer relationships happening in other cultures but then changing to be homophobic because of colonialism like in um, some communities in Africa there was a lot of you know homosexual relationships between um, like men in um, mines because they had to move away from villages um, and there's also the Hijra community in South Asia like these people do exist and they have always existed but the west has kind of idealized that you know they have been you know the foreigners of um lgbt rights um and i think you know that's something that's not recognized really in like in any place exactly there's this idea that the western world is innocent and almost a scapegoating of other cultures for this which i suppose has the exact reverse effect of actual progress because it then just leads to more sort of xenophobia and racism and prejudice um so Halima you were talking about pride and its importance now do you think that um pride has like moved too far away from its initial value as more of a protest and become too much of a party I think that there needs to be more of an emphasis on people who are still like not accepted or people who still face homophobia and less of yeah obviously celebration is great but it pride has just sort of turned into tons of companies just putting up pride flags and it's just and then there's a lot of people who don't necessarily like there's a lot of people who don't necessarily suffer from homophobia in their day-to-day life or okay slightly controversial I guess um or queer people from homophobia at some point still but there's a lot of people who are just like accepted by family and accepted in gen, accepted more in general, at parades and like celebrations and you know going out and stuff. Whereas I think there needs to be more emphasis on the people who aren't still in this country. I think it's very important to open up this sort of dialogue because you're right. There's a lot of people who don't who don't face as much homophobia in their daily lives like for example I see myself as being in a very privileged position because I haven't had to face that much internalized homophobia my family's been very accepting and I haven't had to feel unsafe for my sexuality um do you think there's even within the LGBT community do you think there's a lot of people who sort of want to deny their own privilege yes um I think 
amongst a lot of people I know who are queer and like are fairly accepted there's sort of a why are you making a big deal of this we just want to be a part of society nobody really focuses on our sexuality and it's like I'm not making a big deal of it I just I'm not accepted because of it and because you are you sort of don't see the fact that some people aren't or just sort of brush over that so I agree that there are people within the community who are accepted and just don't realize that it is still definitely an issue for other people yeah no I definitely agree like there are lots of you know people who don't really face that much oppression and they it it the question kind of like why you talk about you know your sexuality alone it's like you know I've had to hide it from like you know my family like the closest people to me so like why would you question you know my activism now it's because of like my experience and it's I think what a lot of um you know like white um queer people do like the ones who haven't faced oppression is that they kind of think that every every queer person has like a similar experience to them and they're all like kind of the same and you can group everyone together and that's why I mentioned like um people who talk about like queer people who are where it's like illegal to be queer and kind of appropriating that situation where actually you've not had to face anything like that like that that has nothing to do with you um so you can't say that yes I'm oppressed because it's illegal to be gay in that country when that their culture nothing about that has affected you so it's you can't just like group all queer experience together when the experience is really different yeah it's very important to view it in that way and I suppose that's where intersectionality comes in and you have to wonder whether we do have true intersectionality in our society when we very much see race issues and issues of sexuality, we very much view them as two separate things still. Um, yeah, talking about race in particular, um, there are like a whole subset of different issues that arise when you're like South Asian because marriage is a particular important, like purely culturally, they, your parents sort of think of your marriage from when you were a kid and they are ready to like set you up like for arranged marriages and that kind of thing. Not necessarily arranged, but sort of they, they're going to be very involved in who you want to marry, or at least they want to be. And it's all very, there's definitely a huge pressure to marry and have kids. So when you're queer and you're not going to do that, it sort of leaves you as a, what do I do? What, how am I going to deal with this issue? Because this isn't, this isn't a religious issue. This is just a, what you're expected to do as South Asians. Do you think this is a similar sort of uncertainty about your future that you've also faced suffer? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's actually like the idea that your parents have kind of already imagined a future for you and they've not really imagined that you could be anything different. Um, and that's a problem. I think there is a difference in culture here, definitely, because there is more of a like, oh, I am my own person, like, you know, I'm independent. Um, kind of culture here and in South Asia like there are benefits and like harms to the kind of culture but your family is always very involved in what you do and to one aspect that's not a bad thing because you know your family is very supportive and my family have always been really supportive in like um, for example like financial and like everything I do um, um, they will like support me and they want to have a big role in my life and they and that's amazing but on the other hand, it, it stops them from like accepting if you if you want to be something different to what they've imagined. So it, there is like a cultural difference here in terms of like how involved your family is in your life. Um, and that's not to say that like South Asian culture is like therefore inferior because they're like 
pressurizing your children and all of that um it's just a different culture and so you've just got different kind of um like experiences and like hardships because of it so as we sort of round this off um obviously the future doesn't always seem you know certain and there's obviously a long way to go both for you personally and in terms of lgbt um rights for people of color generally but it obviously both of you have come a long way in terms of self-acceptance from when you were younger from when you were first sort of discovering your sexuality so if you could go back and tell you if if you could go back and tell your past self one word of advice what would it be past self isn't getting any advice <laughs> self can just suffer in silence <laughs> um no maybe to like never stop like talking about it like even when people are like oh you're so obsessed with your sexuality it's made it you've made it your personal all of this like just to never stop talking because otherwise people won't realize that like you know queer people of color exist and you know their hardships are real um like whatever happens just always like keep talking yeah that's been sort of the central theme I think today has just been talking because obviously that's what we've been doing but the the dialogue can't stop here I hope that if anyone's listening to this they might use it as a springboard to have a discussion with people around them about these sort of issues um but it has to go further we have to as a society come together and have these conversations with the people we care about with on social media raising awareness reposting thank you to both of you for speaking to me today it's been really interesting and i think i've learned a lot from both of you You just listened to this fortnight's episode of LGBT Manchester with me, your host, Elena Adams. Be sure to tune in next time, but until then, have a great fortnight.